same in China, China, different, different stories. stories. We are the ones that found their way, way in, life. in a new life. Adopted babies, Adopted from, China. babies from China. Hi. <laughs> that was not you, my usual intro, but I was like, hey. Well, welcome to ABC Adopted Babies from China podcast. And I already said hello, but hi, Jade, again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really cool that we are connected through somebody. Well, I guess the mutual connection's name is Sarah. And mm-hmm. Sarah, I knew from high school. I think Sarah's like a one year my junior, I want to say. And then you also know Sarah, but through Camp Sunrise. Camp yeah. Sunrise? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I was like, oh, but I guess you and Sarah stay in contact, and she's like, oh, there's this podcast that this girl I went to high school with does, and you could talk to her. Yeah, her and I actually work together at the camp now, so we are the leaders and training directors. Oh, you guys work together now, presently? Yeah. Wow, okay, so you're consistently... Okay, I wasn't sure if it was like one of those like, oh yeah, uh, every once in a while you like talk to each other, but no, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I've talked to Sarah since probably high school. <laughs> I was like, eh. And then you have like social media where you're like, oh okay, like that's what this person's up to, but I don't, I don't know if Sarah posts that often, so yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's um, so you're you're both <laughs> you're both then in like the Baltimore Maryland area. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. And is that also where you grew up? Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in Baltimore County. Baltimore County. Okay. Because I didn't know for the camp if it's like you come from even further, if it's only local to the area. But... Um, we have some campers that come from like Virginia. Okay. Um, I think that's as far as it kind of extends. Um, we do have, we do have like a few out of state people, but they. It's usually because they they had like moved out of state and weren't ah. um, and aren't local anymore, um, but mostly in the DMV area. I see. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't totally wrong. I was like, I didn't want to assume. It's like, I think <laughs> yeah. you moved there, but well, I guess would you be able to share more? Well, I guess share what Camp Sunrise is because I I'm a little bit familiar with it, but actually before we started, you you mentioned like you went there, and I was like, oh, okay. So all I knew was like, oh, it's specifically for like one illness or sickness. But yeah, can you share more about Camp Sunrise a little bit? Yeah, so Camp Sunrise, um, we're actually a new nonprofit. So now we are um, Camp Sunrise, Inc. Um, we have three different programs. So we have Camp Sunrise, which is the camp for kids um, who have been affected with uh, pediatric oncology, cancer-related disorders. And then we have Camp Sunsibs, which is for the siblings of the kids with cancer. And then we also have um, Camp at Hopkins, which is our hospital um, program that's like literally inside of Johns Hopkins. Right. Oh, okay. And you were a part of... Camp Sunrise. Camp Sunrise at first. Okay, so I didn't realize there was also the other two Mm -hmm. parts of it too. Wow. Yeah, the um, Sunsibs and... Camp at Hopkins. Camp at Hopkins is our n- newest program that's been mm-hmm. around for about ooh, five, six years or so now. Um, and then Sunsibs, um, they've been around for a while as well. They did take a hiatus for a little bit of time and then um, then we're back at that too. Uh, so they, yeah. they, they've been back for a while now too. I've never done Camp at Hopkins, but I've been a part of Sunrise and Sunsibs. Um, Sunrise for Ooh, this would be my 21st year, and then um, Sun Sibs will be my 6th or 7th. I can't keep track anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Time just passes, and uh, it's been a minute. Do you have siblings, too, that were a part of Sun Sibs, or no? No, no. I just decided to go and um, volunteer at Sun Sibs as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so speaking of adoption, Jade, yes. <laughs> would you be able to share more about your adoption what you're comfortable with like when and um just yeah more about your adoption story basically yeah um so I was adopted around five or six months old from China um so I'm international and transracial adoptee my uh, both my parents are white and Jewish um and so they 
I guess my mom and my aunt, because my dad doesn't like flying on planes um, or any transportation that doesn't involve being on ground. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my mom and aunt went over there um, to go and get me. And um, they, my family adopted through, I believe it was adoptions together. It was like a whole group of like five different families that went over and came back with five babies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, what are the what do the people call those? Those like your adoption group or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I am not in reunion or have never searched or anything. And I do still keep in contact with um three of the four others that were in my oh, yeah. adoption group. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Do most of them still live local too, or did did any of them move out of the state? So the one I don't keep in contact with, I think she's kind of local. I'm not mm-hmm. fully sure. I think her family is out of state. Um, again, I don't really keep in touch with her anymore. Yeah. Um, but one is local um, and lives like very close to me in the city. And then the other one, uh, another one who is also a social worker. Um, she lives out in Colorado and she's been out there for a few years. And then one is in California. Oh, um, that's cool. her fiance, like outside of Silicon Valley or something like that. Oh, that's cool. And like, did growing up, did your families have you guys like meet up and hang out too? Or yes, when we were pretty, when we were younger, yeah. um, and that kind of faded and stopped as yeah. we kind of got older, we used to celebrate gotcha day which mm-hmm. now as a as an adult and out of the fog we we have some feelings about that but yeah. um <laughs> we uh we recently got together over um this past holiday mm-hmm. season um yeah but yeah not not so much especially since we're all in like different places now yeah, yeah, it's, like, not as easy, but I guess it's the power of, like, socials. You can still connect that way and, like, have your chat or something if you want. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, I, I always think about how much it's, like, changed since we were younger and growing up, like, without the ability to, like, be able to chat each other in classes and, uh, like, because even going into school sometimes, I'm like, oh, there's, like, this really fancy computer screen monitor when it used to be. Do you remember those like overhead projectors? I think is what we call yeah. them. The laminate, the clear laminate, right? And you had them yeah. using those pens, the light going through and it like projected. I was like, I guess I don't use that anymore. Now it's like all digital. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess, cause even in movies and film, you're like, oh, these kids are just like texting each other while they're sitting at in class. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, it's a different world, I guess. And it will continue to change, but <laughs> yeah. Technology has come a very long way since we've been in. <laughs> yeah, it really has school. too. And I'm sure it's also changed how, I'm sure it's probably changed how like the camp also functions too, right? Like some of the activity, well, I don't know about the activity, but just like parts of it, I'm guessing. <laughs> yes. Like at camp, we have like a no phone policy. So like our uh... kids, um, if they do wind up bringing their phones with them, we, we take them from them. Okay. <laughs> and so it- like, Oh, I was going to say, is it like overnight too? Like a week or something? Yes. So um, our sibling camp is over Memorial Day weekend. And then our, um, both Camp at Hopkins, Camp at Hopkins runs, it's, it's kind of like its own kind of separate entity that, but it yeah. still runs. It's like the same week of um, Camp Sunrise, um, but it's a week long sleepover camp. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But a no phone policy for a whole week must be really tough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I think like the kids do, the kids do pretty well with it. I mean, I think it's like the younger kids who, who have issues with like, um, homesickness and like, um, want to call their parents and that we don't usually allow that because that tends to make homesickness worse. Um, but our, our kids are really just kept busy. So there's not a lot of downtime for them to kind of like want to just sit there and scroll and be on their phones. Um, and it's really nice for us as like staff to like, be able to like disappear for a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a retreat for you guys too exactly <laughs> yeah were you when you 
were adopted, was your family, like, were you diagnosed with, like, an illness prior to being adopted? Like, did they disclose that to your family? Or are you just, like, um, I guess maybe later on developed it? Yeah, so um, when I was eight, that's when I was diagnosed with severe aplastic anemia. And so I went through the chemo and bone marrow transplant uh, situation. Um, And that was fun. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, that was, like, all post adoption stuff which um that like being a sick kid and having to go through cancer treatment um because it was I didn't have cancer but it was like treated like cancer Uh, um but that that took over a lot of my identity and so it wasn't until like my really up until like the last five years or so where I've like really come out of the fog and like explored my identity as an adoptee okay yeah okay you just answered what I was about to ask like did that sort of at the same time, it's like, did you have to deal with both being sick and also your adoption? Because, I mean, I I feel like it's a little bit rhetorical, but I'll ask, it's like, did you know you were adopted pretty young or did you have to be told? Are you kind of like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of hard to not know when you're adopted when your parents are both white. Yeah, the transracial um, aspect. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, everybody else points that out for you. Um, yeah. You don't really have to do that yourself. Yeah. Um, are you also transracial? I am okay yeah so, so you get it yeah, <laughs> yeah but we um we've always like for myself I've always grown up like knowing and it's been like a relatively open topic to mm-hmm. discuss I know my mom has been like if you want to search you can she did try to go back to China and search for my um birth mm-hmm. family when I when I got sick um but that was the year um SARS had broken out oh, and so yeah. that was not able to happen Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's nice that your mom was able to have, like, an open conversation or dialogue and then also really wanted to, like, share about your – I mean, basically, it's like that your daughter is sick, too, and she's she's here. Yeah. I mean, I think that has definitely been – that took up the majority of, like, my childhood identity growing up, and so, like, yeah. there was lots of, like, oversharing about that in her – from her and not necessarily the adoption stuff that was kind of like in the background and came up as as it did Mm -hmm. um and like just because that's such like a a normal thing yeah for us as like a family unit it's not really talked about nearly as much you we're not like you're adopted yeah (laughs) in like general conversation yeah, because it's, like, the norm for, I guess, like, transracial adoptees, like, our families, it's, like, kind of, like, just, we, we are all under, we all understand that this is here, but we don't have to talk about it, where, I guess, people outside will be very curious and want to ask lots of questions, but it's a... Yeah, I think my favorite question is when other people ask me, like, how did you know you were adopted? Yeah! <laughs> and I'm like, well... <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean... My mom and dad and I don't look alike at all, so, um, but then yeah. I guess you also probably had that experience, like, being diagnosed at eight, and then it's like, of course, that takes up your whole childhood, but that's, like, another aspect, I'm sure, of, like, getting those types of questions, just like, how does it feel to be this or that, and you're like, how do you think it feels? <laughs> it's like, eh. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's also different since I was so young that, like, a lot of it, like, I have conscious memory of it but like Mm -hmm. as I was navigating through that like as an eight-year-old you're not really paying attention so so much like I remember being in the being in like a conference room when they were uh telling my parents like like they had this big meeting of like yeah this is what your kid has and this is what we're going to do and then I remember getting bored and like the uh child life specialist that was there she um I remember getting bored and being like, okay, I want to leave. And then we just like went, she took me back to the playroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause eight, eight is like, I think the start of like, you're starting to be conscious of like what's going on around you, but not necessarily to an extent of like, okay, let me do something about it. You're not like taking ownership of it yet. Cause you're yeah. like, just, but you're like starting to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I remember talking with Sarah a little bit about it too. Like, I don't think she, in a way, she was talking about how that also became, that was a part of her identity too for a while growing up. And I was like, you don't want to necessarily lead with that anytime you meet someone new. So I imagine it's like that feeling of, it's, you don't want to be defined by that either. Yeah. But I also wasn't as close with Sarah too. So I'm sure her close friends knew more. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And then, because you mentioned, like, coming out of the fog, like, five years ago, which I think is about the same time. I, I Similar to you, I think that's what I did as well. Was there anything in particular that you're just like, oh, this particular event? Or you're just naturally just like, oh, I'm just kind of curious. I don't know. <laughs> well, so actually, um, the other people in my adoption group, we had um, – we had just gotten together, um, like all of our families, um, except for the one that we don't really keep in touch with because she yeah. couldn't come. We had actually just gotten together for the first time in like several years since we were like since we were kids, and we like went out to dinner, and then we um, went to one of um, our friends' houses and like watched some of like their old adoption like videos and stuff. Mm, yeah, um, and then we had like me and the other three had just like gone out to a bar afterwards and just started talking. And like, we were talking more about like our adoptee identities and like things that mm. and just kind of like catching up. And then that was kind of like a light bulb moment of like, huh, maybe I should like think about this a little, yeah, bit, a little more. bit more. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, wow, uh, I think I'm a little bit more fucked up than I thought I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like hmm I guess I gotta address that now this part yeah and that was like the first time I had like um I guess the second time I had gone back into therapy for myself Mm -hmm. um and that's when I like really started to be like oh I should probably work on all of my adoption trauma (laughs) and figure out what all that's about oh okay because I'm sure meeting and it's funny you say going to the bar it's like oh yeah we're all enough to do that now but it's like meeting and going to the bar over drinks too like and I'm sure it's like different levels like each person has like different levels of like how much they've talked about it but then it's usually like when one person talks about it then that like kind of makes other people think about it there and you're like oh I guess I should think about it now I don't know it's kind of wild how it's just I don't know I want to say it's like a domino effect one of us talks about it and then the other is like oh I'm curious to think more about this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this was like right before. This was like um the winter, like December 2019, like right before oh, everything had shut down. Yeah. And no so. time like getting locked in and not allowed <laughs> to go anywhere where you get to start thinking about your identity. Yeah, and being stuck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think the something that else that kind of came out of that was like me, like really also kind of tackling my eating disorder and like that being in recovery now too there's lots of lots of reflection oh my gosh <laughs> during that whole time period <laughs> it's a it, it never seems like it's like one thing you're working it's like one thing you're working on and then it's like that another thing starts to happen while you're recovering from the other thing and it's like in general it just seems like it's always like a constant wave <laughs> mm-hmm. up and down up and down yeah um, yeah that's that's gotta be overwhelming too uh, but are you you're, are you a you, you said you work in social work are yeah. you a therapist yourself or you I just am. got a like okay because you I think it, I saw like you just got like a license of some sort it's like I don't know much about um like social work and like what's all involved but I know it's very hard work and it's I can't imagine like how much emotion is like and energy is contributed to like that kind of work too yeah I mean I I um I love my job. I love all of my clients. Um, you kind of teach what you know. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a complex uh, trauma therapist. And so um, what my post earlier today was that I, um, like a few months back, I had, I'm a, I finally got approved by both the professional counselors and the social work board to supervise other therapists. Oh. Um, so that's just like another thing that I can do. I haven't gotten into just yet because I've been, I don't have any space for that right now. Yeah, um, that's, but it's something that I can fair. do professionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. our therapists and people who supervise therapists also need breaks. Because <laughs> you can't be your best self when you're going through your own stuff. At least that's what I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, like, well, that's not the reason why I'm not supervising people right now. It's mostly because camp, um, I have, I've taken on a lot of responsibility at camp. Um, so I am in the diversity, equality and inclusion chair on the board. Um, I have put myself in charge of the applications, um, like developing the applications for camp. I'm the leader and training director for them. 
Um, and then my friend and I are working on like policy development for the camp itself too. So that's got me pretty busy in terms of, <laughs> in terms yeah. of like schedules and stuff. Oh, um, I but, see. Okay. Yeah. Cause <laughs> okay. I definitely just assumed when you said space, it was like, I don't have the emotional space. It's like, you know, it sounds like you don't have the physical like bandwidth to actually do it too because of other work. I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of both. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I mean, that takes a lot of that takes a lot of work to do, like creating policy and something new, which is very, it's really cool to see people do that though. You're like props. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I never thought I'd actually like ever get into policy work. Like, like when I was in grad school, like policy, thankfully I had like a very amazing professor for policy. Like somehow they did, they were able to make pop, like learning about policy development, like interesting and fun. And I actually listened. Um, but like, I never thought I'd get into like, I guess what you can call like macro social work. So like policy organizations, like bigger things. And so yeah. but my like primary job as a therapist, as a complex trauma therapist is on the micro level. So like individuals. So I work, um, I work in a group private practice and I see about 15 to 25 people in a week. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the majority of my caseload is complex trauma. Yeah. Um, and I do see, um, I do have a handful of adoptees as well. Okay. Yeah, that's what that's what we would follow up. It's like I imagine there must be a few adoptees, but complex trauma goes beyond, of course, just adoption. There's like I'm sure there's many facets and areas that I can't begin to huh, it's probably very complex. <laughs> yeah. What's defined as complex trauma? I was like, I'm sure there's many things. Yeah. Um, I mean, so like the difference between like post traumatic stress disorder, like just PTSD and complex um, PTSD is that you're in your lifetime, you're exposed to like more than one type of trauma. And um, unfortunately, the DSM doesn't recognize CPTSD as a formal diagnosis yet. I'm hoping that will change in the future, mm. because like a lot of the PTSD, like treatments and things, they, they're only kind of so like, they focus only on like one specific yeah. trauma. Right, um, right. But it's like really hard to do that, especially when you have like, three or four or more <laughs> um, because they all kind of like play off of each other yeah wow well this is a very educational podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like whoa i'm learning so much it's very fascinating too because i'm sure it's like stuff that i feel like it's one of those things it's like you know it exists but you didn't know like the terminology and like how to like put it into words that like oh yeah yeah that's that's pretty fascinating like what is uh, but has your has your interest in social work was that always something you've been interested in and you decided to go to school to get ed like education you said grad school too so mm -hmm. must have really been interested by grad school of course but like even before that well so I kind of actually like fell into being a therapist um, when I when I uh, was in undergrad I was going for um, child life specialty which uh, child life specialists are traditionally found in hospitals and they're they're there to kind of educate the children and families um, about like procedures they provide distraction during procedures um, and they kind of like help with like the whole psychosocial aspect of like the uh, child-centered care within the hospitals so that's what I got my undergrad in and mm -hmm. then um, the the child life profession itself is very is very um competitive and so at the time that I was applying for internships um, I guess now you're you have to have your master's in child life mm. and so um, since that was all kind of changing while I was going through that internship process I kind of like got grandfathered into all of that and so I was competing yeah. as an undergraduate with master's level students and like yeah because there weren't a ton of positions open anyway it was really hard for like the competition was just like very right. unreal wow. um and it I mean it still it still is to my knowledge is it's still pretty pretty intense mm -hmm. um and then I was planning on getting my master's in social work anyway because you can do a lot more with your master's in social work yeah. versus just getting your master's in child life where you can only be a child life specialist um and then so my senior year of undergrad I gotten a school social work internship and then that was kind of the start of everything that kind of solidified my decision of wanting to become a therapist. I see. Okay. Yeah. Oh. 
And so in order to be a therapist, you do have to have your master's in either social work or um, professional counseling. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's that sounds familiar. I think I heard that even when I was like graduating. (laughs) Because working with children is, I think it's still to this day, a very like um, competitive field of like any sort of childcare, it seems. Maybe. I don't know. I think it depends on what you're what you're what, doing. Mm. Um, I think, like I know, like people who had to do internships like during the pandemic because everything was closed. Right. That was hard. <laughs> so like, being able to have like that face to face time with kids um, and trying to do, trying to get like contact hours and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm sure that had to be like wildly difficult. Oh yeah, and um, through through like Zoom or something too. I'm assuming they did that. Um, yeah. So like at that time, um, I was already like licensed and stuff. So I was practicing, um, at a Mm. outpatient and like community, community mental health setting. Um, and I was a school-based social worker, kind of like school-based therapist, um, in both. So I was doing like, I was working in the outpatient clinic and in the elementary middle school. So like doing Zoom sessions with, with elementary school kids that really kind of that that was hard <laughs> uh yeah yeah because i i i guess from uh, my understanding is like a lot of child interaction and depending on what you do like no matter what it seems like in person is like the most effective but i'm sure you would know more about that but i, I imagine it's like in-person connection because like zoom is tough because children are not necessarily like aware of everything but in person <laughs> you're like there and there's like a palpable emotion or tension but zoom you're like "Mm, you could just walk away and i don't know yeah yeah also like reminding kids like because you're on your phone like no you can't take me to the bathroom with you like no please put me down and then you go to the bathroom and you can come back um but like trying to like keep kids occupied for like 45 minutes on a screen is like very difficult (laughs) wow yes yeah because our attention i mean as adults our attention spans are pretty short so children's Oy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we definitely had to get creative. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's. I didn't even think about that. No, you can't take me to the bathroom. Like, oh, the phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which yeah. obviously would not happen in person. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause, uh, yeah. I. Yeah. That little thing called the the pandemic. I kind of forget about that. How much that probably has impacted many things. <laughs> I'm gonna probably put a break here. Just. Uh, try to look for your birth family did you also go back at all or you weren't able to no so she wasn't even able to go back at all because SARS oh because of SARS out. yeah oh wow yeah. but the the intent was hopefully to go back but then SARS hit yeah yeah to find out more God, medical yeah. um information about me in, to kind of inform yeah what was happening in my body <laughs> I know because I think orphanages or agencies I'm not really sure exactly who but like what's provided to families like our medical documents to say that in quotes because like it's not super like comprehensive I want to say like it's not necessarily not at all super detailed um but I guess it also depends on the child and what their health status is at that time yeah 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 and I mean also like the risk of our documentation not even being true is yeah and that's a really fun thing for us (laughs) being international yeah (laughs) I think like coming out of like the fog being like older and then learning that you're like oh I guess I shouldn't be that surprised but it's also kind of it was actually very surprising too to be like oh a lot of documentation might be faked um, mm-hmm. notes or letters that are left with you could have just been fabricated to like throw off different stories and stuff and I was like dang this is pretty sad I was hoping for a little bit more positivity but yeah, well then again is there <laughs> I don't know but um yeah, like our health documents fabricated because I was speaking with uh, like another doctor, Hannah, who had like a heart condition, mm-hmm. and it was known she had a heart condition when she was adopted too. And I was like, I, "Well, I'm glad that her medical documents reflected that as well." So I guess there's some 
I'm sure there's a lot of like stories of actual accurate stuff too, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's like yeah. Well, I mean, like thinking about like medical stuff and like and like ableism and like all of that, like just when adoptive parents are like filling out applications, like yeah. you get to kind of pick and choose what kind of kids you want to get. I guess yeah, I'm sure that's like questions and stuff yeah. you have to answer. It's like, are you okay with having a child that? Mm-hmm. identifies as having a, like a physical disability or not i'm pretty yeah. sure i was one of those so it's like um what yeah yeah very very interesting how that works out mm-hmm. but for going to china have you been back at all since i have here? not i have not do you do you want to at any point or for now you're like i'm good <laughs> i think i would like to go back just like see just see. <laughs> um I'm not quite sure on, like, I don't think I've ever really been super interested in, like, doing the whole search and reunions thing, but I would possibly, like, go back and see, like, the orphanage that I, where I was, and, like, doing that whole thing, but, like, other than that, it's like, eh. (laughs) I don't know, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of pros and cons to it, lots of risk, and, like, I just haven't necessarily thought put that much energy into thinking about if I wanted to do that yeah it's a that's what I was thinking too it's like because you could ask somebody that question and then like in two years I'll have a very different thought I mean in like two days I could just have like I'm always just like I always ask I'm like what do you feel right now yeah yeah um do you think you'll change do you think I mean because I don't want to ask it in a way of being like influencing you like you should do it no it's like just genuinely like some people you talk to they're like no I have no interest it's like okay Thanks mm-hmm. for like talking about other aspects of your adoption. That was really helpful to just gain insight and hear what your thoughts are too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's such like a personal decision, and like just like oh, you yeah. said, like depending on like where you are in your stage of life, like yeah, your answer is going to be very different. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> like know. something could happen tomorrow, and you'd be your yeah like, mind oh. could be completely changed. It's like, all right, I'm going to jump on a plane now. Uh, well, you can't really do that, but <laughs> yeah. technically. Uh, it's actually funny. It's like you could, I think uh, China opened up applications for tourist visas again. Oh, okay. And I think those last about like 10 years, but obviously pandemic, they were all like shut down and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So there's no tourist visas, but yeah, I was like, oh, go visit on a tourist visa. I mean, visas is something that um, I take for granted being a U.S. citizen. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't normally have to like apply for those, but China we do. Did you say what part of China you adopted from? Like the southern part or the northern part? You, do you know? Um, I was born in like the Anhui province. Okay. However you pronounce that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel like that's north or I could look at a map. I think it's like outside of Hong Kong. Oh, it's southern. <laughs> okay. Because you have like darker complexion too. So it's like maybe also southern Chinese. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know very much about China in general. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some people who know a lot, and then there's others who are like, I know some, but not enough. Yeah, like when like uh, when I walk through H Mart, like my partner, he's he's black. He has to tell me like what what I'm looking at and like <laughs> educate me on all the things I I'm walking it. through, and I'm like. I don't know, and then people are, and it's just funny because like you would, people looking on the outside would assume the opposite. Yeah, it's like, oh, um, she would know. He, the the partner, nope, no. Nope, nope. Um, <laughs> well, you also said you're in Baltimore County, so I'm not surprised that your part. Oh no, is that terrible to say? No, I'm so terrible. I was like, oops, canceled. Uh, I mean, it's true. Like Baltimore County, I think was primarily like African American black, right? <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think primarily like white black and like latino like there's a good there's a decent mixture definitely predominantly white oh Um, okay yeah like silver spring area is much more much more diverse yeah like out towards like closer to dc very yeah that's where i briefly lived was like oh wow this is different being in silver spring because you're like very close to the dc yeah border I was just thinking, yeah. like, Baltimore, some parts of Baltimore, I was like, I think it was, I guess, like, very white or very black is what I thought. I was like, huh. 
yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah no like, that's that's pretty accurate depending on where, where you are and like, yeah i was like uh, okay. like the city city is still very very segregated and like yeah it is it walk is walk one block everything's like gentrified and like million dollar homes and you walk the other walk another block the other way and you're like i don't know if i want to be right here um yeah that's (laughs) i'm sure it's even more drastic of a contrast too than it was even when we were there like when i was there for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's like my partner's black i was like baltimore (laughs) i'm automatically like oh no oh no because you went to because you grew up in baltimore county so you must have went to school yeah, I don't know too many of the schools in Baltimore County because Hoka, we were like the wealthiest county and the best school districts in the world or something for a while. Yeah, it's like um, a totally separate like entity. Yeah. I know nothing about Howard County. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, it's like I remember Baltimore just like Domino Sugar, Burger Cookies, <laughs> Banner Harbor. <laughs> yep. yep. That's. That's about what it is, and right? That's, yep, that's pretty and, much yeah, it. And the zoo. <laughs> that is so funny because I, it is interesting though. It's like meeting partners and people in general who like have a lot of interest in Asian culture. It's actually kind of nice too because it's like I was having dinner with a friend yesterday, um, and he was like, "You can come over and have dinner." Because actually, it's really funny. First, it was like, "Let's watch everything." Oh my gosh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. um but he had seen it a few times i was like i still haven't seen this but we like watched the oscars he's like come over and watch it i was like all right i'll come over and watch it so then i was like also i know him from running but i was like oh i gotta run do you want to like just do his run and then we'll watch the movie he's like okay so we ran there's a point to the story i promise it's like we ran and then he's like all right come watch the movie and i also like made dinner and i was like okay i'm there because that means i don't have to make any dinner I get there and he's like, yeah, I made some homemade pho. And I was like, excuse me? Uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, so did you learn this from like your uh, previous like partner's mom? He's like, no, I just taught myself. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, right. I forgot to add. He's a, he's a white guy. So I was like, wow. I just, you know, I'm not mad about this at all. And it was pretty good. Like, hmm. Yeah, my partner definitely makes much better Asian food than I do. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. I mean, you can't be mad because you're like, hey, at least I'm having good Asian food. Exactly. Um, yeah. Also, that movie is pretty intense. I was like, wow. Uh, I um, we actually like just started watching that over this past weekend. Okay. Um, we got like halfway through because then at that point, um, I couldn't pay attention anymore. Um, and I was like, very confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of happens. Thing. I was like, what? What is happening? um but i'm yeah. excited to finish the rest of the movie okay and i admit, yeah. i don't keep up with any of like the award shows going on so like okay. it was just kind of a coincidence that we had decided to start watching it and then um uh, then i saw all the stuff about the oscars and i was like oh hey this is cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess before oscars there was a lot of buzz about it and i think when the movie mm-hmm. came out there wasn't like too much media surrounding it at all i really want to say even when it came out there wasn't like so much coverage but then i think when the award shows started is when it's like they got more attention i mean and then michelle yo is just an all-around badass so who can't like <laughs> you can't it's like wow you gotta appreciate michelle yo in general so it's like yeah um i like i like those kind of movies they're like super involved and you like mm-hmm. have to like solve something a little bit which it was like that it was like that so i said i watched the whole thing like mm-hmm. whoa and then i mean some pop culture is fun so i just like to like see and i did watch the oscars because because there was so much buzz about like asian actors and performers that i was like i'm gonna watch the oscars and then they won like seven or eight awards or something and best film so i was like all right gotta watch it that's awesome Uh, yeah it's pretty cool that was my mini side rant about that and then (laughs) it's being referred to as e e a a o or something and i'm like what does that even mean and it took me a second (laughs) I was like, Ayo, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, so, like, as I'm listening to you talk about this and, like, rave about Michelle Yeoh, like, uh, one of the downsides to growing up in a predominantly white area, I don't know a ton about Asian culture in general. Yeah. Uh, so I am very whitewashed. And so, like, as, as, mm-hmm. as in coming out of the fog and, like, learning about more things about, like, 
Asian culture and even Chinese culture. Like I feel like a lot of the things that I see are more like Japanese or like Korean related. Yeah. Um, and so like I like finding things like that are solely Chinese has been like pretty hard and like not knowing like what's this Chinese, what's this Korean, what's this Japanese? Or like uh that's just that's been an interesting journey. Like I had no idea H Mart was a Korean Mm. um, market. Wow, yeah, I, never, I don't even think about that now being in like Queens and New York because it's uh, yeah, or, like New York City has very much clear, clearly like these are Chinese communities. Yeah. I mean, there's Korean ones too, but yeah, that's a that's a good point because H Mart is like primarily Korean, but I think they have like other. Oh yeah, they, they have, have like, yeah, they have other stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, huh, okay, cool. Uh, all these veggies and. Like Chinese broccoli's in H Mart, cool. I didn't know there was a difference between the Chinese broccoli and yeah. the one from Safeway or whatever. It's I don't know what um. Yeah. Is it Weiss and Giant? Is that what's down in Maryland? It's like that Weiss, and like Giant. Aldi. Aldi. Wegmans. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I saw Wegman's the other day in Brooklyn, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't know Wegman's was coming to New York. They originated in New York, actually. I think they originated in Buffalo what and okay maybe yeah. i just didn't know that but there was one wegmans <laughs> and i was like oh i thought that was just a maryland thing um, oh no they i think they go as far down as like north carolina whoa okay so maybe the city just has so many because the city has like specific supermarket brands too yeah um i remember harris teeter i miss that harris teeter is great they have, <laughs> i've like, free never cookies. been to a harris teeter oh my gosh they would always have like free sugar cookies <laughs> don't know if they still have that but it was great uh maybe not during pandemic but i was like free sugar cookie at harris teeter um i'll go reminiscing on the b the bmv the dmv <laughs> i don't know what people say for baltimore just and you don't say the t by the way wait nope. Nope. yes it's baltimore <laughs> yes i went I to i went to college in upstate new york so like some of my college friends they make fun of me for the way i say baltimore <laughs> so, but you're not from there but you never say ba- you don't say baltimore no that's how you know you're not from ba- yeah baltimore. <laughs> or um when people call washington dc or dc washington dc yes like, or that's... they just call washington i'm like what <laughs> you mean the state <laughs> oh that's funny you went to you did you do your undergrad in upstate new york or your graduate yes. Oh. Yeah, so I did my undergrad in upstate New York, um, and then I did uh, my grad school program at uh, in the city of Baltimore. Oh, yeah. okay, so that's what brought you back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you were, like, trying to move away. I mean, I guess going upstate New York, depending where, it's like, is that, like, a quieter move? It feels like it would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's lots of, lots of farmland and lots of cows. Um, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Pretty conservative up there glad I was up there when I was and not now yeah Uh, (laughs) I I believe it I believe it yeah um I would probably equate like pretty similar to like Hereford area okay yeah I mean because county yeah yeah is that what you drive through like to get to through Hagerstown and stuff because um, so. even like Maryland, like very far west or very far east, you still have the same things. So I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. If it, it's like, I don't know. I, I think it goes without saying, but it's like, there's always these types of areas in every mm-hmm. state, depending where you drive. But mm-hmm. yeah. Cause it's like, I'm from the South. And they're like, no, you're not. It's like, yeah, Maryland's below the Mason Dixon line. That is South. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's true. Like, that's a good point. Yeah, I forget about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're from the South. Yeah. <laughs> but then I do think about people that we went to high school with and how a lot of them did get married younger. And I was like, oh, maybe that is actually accurate then. Or I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I definitely see a lot more people like getting married and having babies and like all of that stuff like now. But I feel yeah. like it's always been kind of like a yeah i don't know if i've ever seen like like not a surge of that happening (laughs) that's a good point i i think in the in like the city for sure like new york city there's a lot more people i've met who are like older and like don't have kids Mm -hmm. and like not coupled up or like married i'm like okay so this is this is common yeah yeah Um, but 
I guess yeah. not not where we not where I was in Maryland. I don't know. Um, but then, who knows? Yeah, I actually just had surgery to get my uh, tubes removed, so I'm like super oh, stoked shit. about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's a big surgery. Actually, it really wasn't. Um, it wasn't. Like, no, uh, it was. So I had a laparoscopic bilateral salpingectomy, which means basically I got my fallopian tubes removed. So because it was done laparoscopically, like with the whole camera through your belly button and the robot. Yeah. Um, it was like the, the procedure itself was like only two hours and like I was pretty much fine like after the first oh. three days. Um, so like this whole week I took off work thinking that I was going to be like in pain, recovering. Oh, yeah. I'm like completely fine. And I'm like, what You're am fine. I going to do for this whole week? <laughs> like, I could have gone to work. Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. My partner kept yelling at me because I was like, I totally could have worked on Monday. And he's like, shh. Just, just enjoy just enjoy chilling just yep. enjoy it just enjoy it don't enjoy not working yep that's wild okay so you're so it's like you definitely decide it's like I don't want kids so we're good yeah yeah, yeah. definitely not out of my own body um my partner yeah. and I do plan to foster and probably adopt um but mm. I would love to do that in the most ethical way possible yeah and we still have a few few things that we need to do first in order to before start that, that process start that yeah whole thing <laughs> nice that's really well thank you for sharing that because I, I don't want to like pry and be like oh so you're like I'm not having kids and no, I don't know if I all. want to adopt because people I'm I don't know if you've got that question a lot too it's like well would you adopt your own it's like well I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it's like eh. um. yeah I mean even just like the thought of like I mean part of going into like the decision for me to not have my own kids um Mm -hmm. was like I've never even thought about having family like yeah that would like resemble me in any kind of way and like the idea of having kids that like or family members that were like blood related that like would resemble me is like a wild thought (laughs) yeah yeah um and so like like that has been more at the forefront as I've been like talking to people yeah. Um, about all of this because I'm very open about this. Um, I will info dump all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> I plan on making oh. a post later because like there's, this is like not like female steril- sterilization is like not talked about and like there are so many things that like yeah. I did not know going into this. Like there, there are multiple mm. different types of female sterilization. They don't actually, uh, they also don't like tire tubes anymore. They completely remove them, um, mm. and lots of other things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's much more involved because it's the same thing when people say with like birth too. like, oh, there's so much about birth that you don't know when it happens. And I guess I just don't want to talk about it, but um, that's it goes both ways. Yeah, it's like there's mm-hmm. a lot of probably, I don't I mean, I guess it's like you'll never have to have worry about periods again, which I think is probably a huge benefit. So that is no, I do. I will still get do my you? period because I still oh. have my ovaries. And so, um, yeah, I still have my ovaries and my uterus. So like, I will still have my period. Um, I will not go, I am not in menopause at all. Um, so like one question I got was like, what happens to your eggs then? And it's like, they just kind of, they just fall, they just kind of fall into your body and your body like reabsorbs them. Yeah. But like, because they remove your tubes entirely instead of like tying them or like, um, clamping them or whatever. Um, there's no it's like 100 percent, pretty much permanent and yeah. uh, there's no risk for any of that and it reduces your risk for ovarian cancer which is pretty cool oh okay yeah dang i feel like that should be a benefit is that you don't get a period but like because the whole now i'm like trying to remember sixth grade health because <laughs> i don't know anything about it but the tubes were just to fertilize the egg right but if your eggs just go don't have to go through the fertilization so it's like the the, the tubes like get the eggs to the uterus so they can be fertilized oh okay yeah instead it just is okay yeah all right yeah they connect your ovaries to your uterus um yeah i guess you didn't really pay attention in family life class here yeah (laughs) me either and this is something else i learned as i was going through this whole uh female sterilization journey damn uh i was like uh okay yeah, I didn't know that that was like a way you could, I mean, I'm sure the sciences have developed and stuff that 
Yeah, because I, I assumed it was like, oh, yeah, just tooth's tied or something. Yeah, um, and again, because they're removed, you, it also reduces your risk of um, ectopic pregnancies. Yeah, so yeah, really that cool. I knew. That I heard. I was like, ooh, that sounds very scary. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's that's definitely life 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 threatening. <laughs> that's life threatening. Ooh, that's yeah. And but then we, of all it, the yeah, very 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 minimally invasive, and I mean like the of all the procedures that I've had done in my life, this this is one I would I would do again. But I mean, yeah. thankfully I don't have to. But uh, I would in oh, terms oh, of yeah. like the I guess invasiveness and like yeah uh well yeah because (laughs) you definitely went through a lot of other i'm sure more invasive procedures (laughs) when you were growing up so yeah it's a because i'm sure there's people who are like very queasy or like nauseous the idea of like having any procedures done period even if they they don't have a choice but it's like yikes yeah Um, (laughs) whoa that's yeah that's very cool it's like i have learned so much on this episode i was like wow see like the complex trauma post-trauma i think that's what you said complex trauma right or complex yes, yes. okay complex yeah. trauma i was like okay there's a word for that and then yep. yeah female yeah it's like well cool this is like a, this is a this will be a very interesting one for people to like hear or like if they have any more questions if they're if you're welcome to that yeah, absolutely. They can find me on Instagram. Uh, Instagram, yes. It's like on Instagram. Yeah, you could share your Instagram. Oh, I usually do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. We'll okay. Because <laughs> uh, I guess just the last question I always like to ask each other, are, like, is there anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or other people who are like very are interested in learning about adoption? At this moment, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah hey that's i know because that one's always like it's a tough one it's like do i have to provide answers like nope if you do not want to know anything or you you don't have anything to say it's like all right cool that's it <laughs> i mean i think for myself i do like to connect with other adoptees that are also therapists or like in mental mm. health professions and because like we're a very rare find yeah um, oh yeah being able to like grow that network too is really cool <laughs> yeah it's a it's a small network I can tell yeah because I I just I just imagine like being a good therapist is like having your own experience with it too especially like adoption specific but then mm-hmm. it's like thinking of your own adoption it's like that is that is like really impressive that people were able to like help others with their own adoption traumas and then like also have their own it's like ah, oh, are you not like triggered or I don't know yeah, I mean, I I keep a small caseload of adoptees on purpose because um, mm. this is a area that I one I'm exploring myself, right. and um, two I am much newer to that area yeah. versus complex trauma in general. Yeah, um, and so like part of being a good therapist is making sure that you don't harm other people, and so like you. Yeah myself like doing the work is really important especially if I want to be able to like help others doing things and like just my journey of like being a therapist and like being in the professional world like I've learned so much about myself through my clients um and so like you got to be able to do the work yourself so you don't cause harm (laughs) yeah I'm sure I'm sure but uh you said your caseload is like what 15 to 25 a week I was like that sounds that's not a small feat that's a lot of people in a week yeah it, like, and it's a, it's a lot of people in four days <laughs> in four days yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you're like oh yeah I have a small caseload of like 15 to 25 a week I was like oh uh that doesn't seem small but <laughs> all right uh, yeah yeah well this is really cool to like meet you and then just talk about uh, well just talk about anything really it's always nice yeah but yeah would you like to share your instagram if you could like spell it out too that helps and then yeah. i'll share it yeah yeah y'all can find me at jade shapiro lcswc so j-a-d-e-s-h-a-p-i-r-o-l-c-s-w-c nice in my bio there's like a link to all the things in case anybody's interested in working with me or oh yeah 
Or if they want to talk about becoming an adoptee therapist as an adoptee, I feel yeah. like they'd be a great person to speak with. But <laughs> I... or if you're looking for therapists, I'm happy to yeah. help people find therapists. Yeah, I might I might hit you up on that separate from this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, finding a therapist is oh so much so much. I had a I had a therapist mm-hmm. through through one of those services, and I had a good experience through the service. That's and good. then that therapist left after like 10 months and I was sad, but she had, you know, her life to do. Yeah. Then I had another therapist through the same service and the way she kind of like did her work, mm-hmm. there was like at one point I didn't respond to it and I was like, oh, could I actually keep something to myself and process it in my own time and then we could talk about it. And then she went off on me and I was like, never mind, this is not good. Um, I think it was her own stuff that she then like, as you were saying, like not damage other people, but I think she had the opposite effect and definitely did some damage. So I was like, it's been a minute since I've been like, let's go back to therapy. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. It's like, all right, we're going to just pause and maybe come back. Um, She was helpful though. In other ways, I won't say that. It's like, I will say it's like this therapist was helpful in other ways, but unfortunately it ended in a very like unfortunate, like bad bad scenario I'm like okay well learning experience next <laughs> yeah oh that sucks I, yeah. I it always makes me very sad to hear when people have like not great experiences in therapy and then are like turned off by the idea of therapy and then it's yeah like, oh, only like because like the therapeutic fit matters so 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 yeah. so much and it's like so hard to find a therapist in general it's hard to find one that you like and then finding one that kind of checks off all the boxes is like even harder um and so it's just the sorry you had that experience it's like you're like dating it's like oh well dating's very hard but um and then uh i don't know if you read this book but i was like maybe you should talk to somebody by what's her name lori some was it lori something it was a really good book, but it, she's a therapist. She, was, she is a therapist. And she was mm-hmm. talking about her own experience with her own therapist. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's a therapist talking to her therapist. And I was like, this, that was a pretty helpful read. I was like, all right. Um, it's not therapy I think I've for heard me. of that book. Yeah, it's like, maybe you should talk to someone. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It's, it was a good read. Unexpected, too. But, yeah, it definitely, like, shows there. There's so much more complex aspects of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? But that's like part of life. It's part of life. <laughs> I try to end these on like a positive note. It's like, yeah, so on that note. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that note, there are lots of therapists that do lots of great work. And if you haven't find found one that works for you, there is someone out there that does exist. It yes. just, takes, just takes a little bit of time to find it. <laughs> yeah. It's like dating, guys. Uh, yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, well, thank you again. Goodbye for now. And uh, yeah, thanks so to, like, much. Stay in contact too. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Sarah, for introducing us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening.